the actual goal of what we're trying to do is create a token that represents an invoice. afternoon it is three o'clock on november the 11th here in amsterdam and it means that it is time for a new webinar from the two tokens foundation and as we did a webinar with regards to uh, the digital notary token use case last week today we're going to deep dive into a other use case uh, that we are working on with the two tokens foundation being the tokenized invoices use case and i won't be doing that uh, on my own obviously no i have a team of people here sitting next to me at the table and also online uh first of all uh, Eric, uh welcome to the table today thank you very much yeah Happy great to be here. Great to have you in the studio. And we have two people online today, uh, being Arnaud uh, Buschenschenken and uh, Mark Meyer. Welcome both. Apologies for uh, the pronunciation of your last name. <laughs> Hard one for me. <laughs> yeah, it's Buschenschenken, but you know, that, this is a difficult one <laughs> okay, for everyone. Very good. Um, my name is Olivier Ricke, and I'm um, uh, the head of research of the Two Token Foundation. But today, obviously, I will be the host of this webinar. I do want to emphasize on the fact that it is a live webinar, meaning that you can ask questions to any of the participants here uh, at the table or um, uh, behind the screen. So if you have any questions, please do so, because live questions always make a webinar more lively, more, 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 more vibrant. So please do so. If you have any questions, please type them in and um, I will pass them on to one of my guests at the table. So what are we gonna talk about today? First of all, we're gonna talk about invoices today. What are invoices, but also the benefits of tokenizing invoices. We're gonna uh, talk about the goal for the token in itself, the legal framework. We're gonna talk about the design of the uh, tokenized invoices that we are uh, working on in the use case. We're gonna talk about functionalities, but also a little bit about the team that is working on this specific use case and also the outlook of the use case in itself. When do we want to deliver what product services, etc. So um, let's kick off with the first part. And the first part uh, of today is going to be a, a small recap about what invoices are. And in this case, uh, Arnaud, can I give you the digital floor? Yes, thanks so much. So um, yeah, last, uh, last time around, um, uh, we talked uh, about uh, the how this used to be called. Uh, we renamed it to tokenized invoices as we deem that the, uh, the actual goal of what we're trying to do is create a token that re represents an invoice. Um, and well, most important of that is to understand the invoice. So we talked about that in the summer. Um, just for those of you who weren't there, just a quick recap about invoices. Uh, also with a, with a slight change uh, to correct some data that we shared at that time. Um, so what is an invoice, right? Uh, basically, that is a record that, that tells a buyer of goods or services, how they have to pay, where and how much. Um, that's the that's basically what an invoice is. So there's no standard form or input. Uh, there's all kinds of trouble with invoices that lead to uh, potential fraud, um, for instance, double financing. And uh, since there's a lot of invoices going around, roughly about 550 billion in 2019 for a tr total trade value in the global trade year of 25 trillion. Uh, 
Um, it's, it's, uh, it's an asset that's worth optimizing. So um, a, a lot of parties have been doing that for the last couple of years. So there's an e-invoicing market where invoices are actually pretty diverse, but it has been growing. As you can see on the slide, the green line, that is the amount of e-invoicing going round. Um, so e-invoicing is the, is the growing thing, but since also a PDF is called an e-invoice, uh, you can probably understand that there's a long way to go in that sense. Can you, can you flip it uh, for me to jump in? But because that is uh, something that popped up with me. Basically, any digital form yep. of an invoice is called an e-invoice, even if it's a PDF. Yeah, yeah. So basically, every electronic document or data share that that is right now going around as an invoice is called an e-invoice. Well, actually, e-invoices uh, in their in their early definition of e-invoicing were standardized sets of data like uh, EDI or UBL. Uh, but yeah, there is so much more going around. Okay, so so we have digital invoices. So so what would be a uh, the, the reason to tokenize it then? Well, you know, um, invoices have many issues. Um, so the, the thing with invoices right now, and I think that I think the, the most important thing with invoices is that they're being used. Uh, they, can, they can be used as collateral for uh, for loans. Uh, well, the most typical product that you see in the market right now is factoring, where invoices are being bought by finance and, and, and the goods are getting paid early. Um, ownership or financing rights of invoices, uh, one of the most important things is that you know that an invoice is real uh, and that the invoice is actually going to be paid by the debtor. Um, those those, those uh, parts of information about the invoice are actually rather difficult to get because uh, the debtor gets the invoice because they know that they are going to pay uh, uh, when they have gotten this products or services. They won't do anything until they pay. So in the normal process of, of, of getting your money back, you just wait. You send a document, you wait. Um, in order to make a, an invoice a good asset, you actually want to do something more. You, like, as a financier, you would like to ask the debtor, are you going to pay? Um, uh, you would at least like to ask them, is this a valid invoice from your uh, supply chain? Um, so e-invoices actually allow for something more to be done than just a paper invoice because you could actually attach something to that, right? You could send an email or uh, you could uh, put that on a server where you could have a link. But then the next thing is that anyone could do that. Uh, and, and that actually creates a, a, an easier form of scaled fraud. Uh, so so invoices in itself are good as long as they are verified communication between platforms. And that is where the PDFs are not that good. Do I answer your question, Oliver? Or... Yeah. Just a few to know. And is, is, is there a, 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 a specific uh, place during the life cycle of a invoice where we see problems hitting in or issues hitting in or uh, are there problems in various um, uh, states of the life cycle of an invoice? Well, yeah, that, that, that goes all around. So, so um, um, 
uh, typical issues with with invoices is is well that that parties are in 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 several jurisdictions uh, so you could basically have legal issues where one party would might think that an invoice needs to be paid then and the other party says no 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 in my jurisdiction it's 30 days later so you also have to agree upfront how the invoice is actually going to uh, a lot of parties use manual payment streams and um, so um, those manual payments they are also error prone you know you could mistype a bank account number or select one from your address book and then money goes into the wrong account um, and but also you know if you if you if you look further down the line and you go into into the um, uh, into the financing part uh, when invoices are being funded by by another and that party usually wants to cash dominion basically knows have the ownership of the money that is flowing in uh, when the invoice is being paid um, in order to have that the, the the account that the invoice is going to be paid to needs to be owned by the funder um, typically factoring companies have solutions for that but those solutions always are somewhat intrusive to the seller of the goods uh, and then further down the line even when you go to to look at the at the buyer of the goods uh, and you would want to know whether that one is actually good for its money uh, you would like to have a rating on them um, but invoice documents yeah well how how many times do they actually have the right information on the buyer uh usually the the invoice is sent to the to the party that is ordering the goods or the services they could be in a completely different location than the head office or the registered office that is actually the rating agency so uh for instance uh, let's take a local example um if i would be um, delivering goods or services to a local albert Heijn store uh, then I should know somehow whether that is an Albert Heijn store that is owned by Albert Heijn's uh, global company or whether that's a franchise entrepreneur that has an Albert Heijn store. Um, if I get a rating on Albert Heijn globally, uh, and uh, you know, Al probably has quite a good rating, uh, that is a completely different rating from that local entrepreneur. So who am I going to invoice here and who is actually going to pay and um, uh, am I with the right person well that is always a question that's going to stand out um, and it's the easiest way to prevent things like these is actually follow the entire order to uh, cash flow um, but that is also a manual documented process that, that is quite error prone there there uh, to 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 uh, the point of view of the people in the use case and many problems that can be uh, solved by by actually creating a tokenized form of an invoice instead of a traditional e-invoice or paper invoice in this case yeah you know one of the one of the the other things that that basically stand out for probably any digital asset uh, uh, that becomes a token is that once it becomes a token there's only one it's unique um, uh, and even you know with, with an invoice flow if I send you an invoice then 
I have an invoice, you have the invoice, uh, then I want to fund that invoice with a financier, then they also get an invoice. I, I probably uh, insure that invoice with an insurer, they also have the invoice. Uh, maybe there is a credit uh, management agency that will have it, so they will have it, then both our accountants will have it. At some point, we might have 12 to 15 of the same document. And then one of those documents is probably registered with the tax authority for, for uh, uh, default uh, uh, registration. Um, so which one is that? And did one of us edit that invoice or, or did anything happen to it? Well, if we would tokenize that, that problem is gone. A lot of uh, potential added value of tokenizing it. So, so let's let's start deep diving a little bit more into the, the tokenization of um, of the invoice then. Um, and obviously, you set up a whole use case around this one. So, so what are the the the, the specific goals for this 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 use case to uh, around the tokenization of invoicing? So when, when we started off, and, and I think I should add that story a little, because when we started this as, uh, as ABN AMRO to, to work with two tokens, we were also looking to uh, see whether we could distribute these, these tokens to other institutional investors. And we, and we, will, we will look at the model that, 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 will, uh, that, that works that way a little further on and takes a stage. Uh, but we wanted to do something where we would have a far more efficient and smart way of getting invoices funded and distributed. Um, and one of the things that we found that, that you need for that is, is a good legal regulatory approval framework. Uh, many parties are going to be working together on that. If you don't have that, and probably most of this is legal, uh, then, then, then you can't move on. Um, so that's that's actually where we started. Let's get a team together that can set up that, that uh, legal framework and get the approvals to do that it's an invoice. Um, of course, if you start and go do that, then the next stage would be to actually show that it works. And uh, because we um, uh, we feel that something like this can only work if everybody starts using it, we felt that we should create a movement for an industry standard. So the bigger goal of this use case would be to set that industry standard based on uh, the regulatory approval and, um, uh, and, and, and the actual working token. And uh, in order to, to get that going, we are building a white paper, setting up a demo and, uh, and, and show that it works. And, and I like that. Don't get me wrong. It's um, so. So, so, what is the, the, the progress so far and the outlook uh, of, of the use case at the moment? Well, you know, the, the, as you can see in, in the presentation that we're giving right now, you know, we 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 are moving uh, in agile way, so things grow as we as as we as we work on it. But we now have this design. Uh, we built a business case. The legal framework is getting to the point where we are almost able to to start applying for, for, for regulatory approvals. The NFT structure is done. Um, well, as Mark will show, um, uh, uh, we made a process model that, that, that shows the behavior of, of this token uh, so that we do something with it. And we are now in the process of building a demo where we are working to use an internal administrative token of ABN AMRO, so we just create an AAB token that we use on the testnet. Uh, you cannot exchange that for money, but 
it's it's something that that actually represents some some currency in the ABN Amro balance sheet, um, so that we can see if we can mint that NFT, transact with it, and then see if we can exchange money against it, um, and move forward from there. But you know, our our what would help us most would actually be to have this euro stable coin. Where we could start transacting uh, on invoice NFTs on the uh, with a normal euro, uh, and then we could could actually bring something to market. And Crowdsy, uh, well, Mark, you can tell more about Crowdsy, of course, uh, has uh, has stepped up to the game to be the first party who actually can can start building a, a financing business model with it. You know, banks can right now not touch any crypto, but they can. So uh, together we can uh, we can do something, and we're really looking forward to uh, to to see that work. And uh, if anyone uh, is moving forward on the euro stablecoin, um, uh, we're on it. Um, it's it's actually quite an interesting point. The euro stablecoin is a project that we are also with the two tokens uh, um, uh, project looking at to see if it's something we could support in some sort of way to build it up, because that can be very interesting. And also within Europe, obviously there are movements going to see if a uh, Euro stablecoin can be created. Um, just before we, we, we go further, you mentioned NFT a couple of times. Uh, for those in the, um, in, in the webinar itself, NFT stands for non-fungible token. And we're gonna talk a bit more about the details about the token um, in, in, in detail later on during this, this webinar. But um, uh, what is uh, important to know that is uh, that a NFT or a non-fungible token is a unique token that cannot be copied. And this is going, um, um, it's, it's, it's um, really a high level explanation of it, but we're gonna go in more detail. You did mention uh, also during uh, setting out the goals for the use case that especially um, it all started out with the, the questions with regards to the legal framework. Um, can we do it legally uh, from a regulatory perspective? Can we use tokens for invoicing, etc.? cetera? Um, Mark, can you tell us a little bit more about this, 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 this legal framework and, and the work that's being done so far? Yeah, so so um, good afternoon, everyone. So um, I'm just going to make a, a quick intro about who we are. As Arnold mentioned, uh, um, uh, Two Tokens is working with us, uh, Crowds. We are uh, an invoice financing company uh, based in California, but uh, we are um, operating in different jurisdiction, including the UK, where, where I live. Um, so, so basically, the, the vision of the CEO was always to have a solution, uh, an invoice financing solution uh, based on, on the blockchain, on a decentralized application. And, and working with two tokens has been uh, quite, quite helpful to, um, to combine our, uh, our two technology knowledge to, to make it happen. Um, on this particular project, I think I mean, two key aspects we need to look at is technology and Arnaud uh, touched on, on Ethereum. And I think uh, the Ethereum network is the network we'd like to, to use moving forward because of um, the scale, because of the uh, flexibility this network offers. But what we found out is, is this project is mostly driven by uh, the legal framework. Uh, even though we, we work in a, in a decentralized um, world, we cannot, you know, get away with whatever we, we want. Um, and 
we always had to have the legal uh, the legal aspects of the project in the middle of uh, in the middle of everything we do and on top of that um, we're still operating in some sort of gray area because obviously the government's not moving as fast as as the technology and a few example we have here is stable coins we just touch this uh, at the moment. Um, stable coins at the moment, in my opinion, there are only two or three credible stable coins and they're all US uh, um, pegged to the US dollars. In addition to that, the, uh, the Biden, just to give you an example, the Biden administration likes to toughen up a bit the regulation around stable coins moving forward. So if you want to use that, um, hopefully we will have a, a government uh, euro back coin in, in the near future, but it's not there yet. And all the euro stable coins are not, in terms of market capital, too low to be credible at the moment. Um, not mentioning also all the different views on the crypto economy. Um, the US is, I would say, very far behind. Europe is probably leading the way on that one, and maybe China as well. But uh, what's happening also between the US and China and all, all Binance, it's, it's, you know, very touchy area. And uh, we have to navigate these different views. And yeah, as, as mentioned, even within the European uh, European countries, uh, we have different regulations and, and rules. But we have principles in terms of how we want to uh, operate into this legal framework. Um, the first one is we want to make sure that we not become uh, a collective investment scheme. We don't want to trade security, at least not to start with. Um, and what it means is we're not going to use the traditional DeFi model, so decentralized finance model, if you know some of the companies, they all use liquidity pool model. So it means that you, you put your, you know, your money into a pool and basically we lend the money, uh, the platform lend the money this way. Um, this creates um, a whole area of regulation that we don't want to, um, to, be, um, to be involved uh, and to be regulated around. So, what we will be doing is, is mostly the traditional model we have in invoice factoring, um, but the, uh, the token will be, will be on chain basically. And I'll show you another later. Um, well, there are some questions popping in and thank you very much uh, for that one. And um, the, the first one I would like to, to, to address to you. Um, and that is the question from uh, Bernard. Bernard, thank you very much for that one. Does a system like this need a electronic uh, money institution license from, say, the the, the DMB? Or yes. uh, so, hmm? so no, no, not this one. And I'll show you why. Because we we do not want to touch the money start um, um, in the very beginning. What we will be doing is we will be asking the investors to connect their wallets with the stable coin on it. So basically we do not, you know, collect the money on behalf of the, um, of the investors, meaning that we do not have a model like an SPV, a uh, special purpose vehicle. So we do not need uh, an, any money license uh, to operate. It might be in the future, but we, we don't. Also, as mentioned, I just want to make sure we, we not, if you buy an invoice, is inv invoice in full, it's not fractions. You don't buy a fraction of the invoice which creates a more complex operating model, but also creates more um, uh, regulation around, around the collective investment scheme model here. From uh, Ayman, thank you very much. 
Um, what jurisdictions are we looking at uh, to target at the moment? Is there a specific yeah. jurisdiction or? So, so in terms of investors, um, putting liquidity model, Southeast Asia, like Singapore and Australia. But even in Europe, we, we really segment the countries because uh, they're, all, they're all different in terms of, of regulation. Um, I, I cannot say the UK is, is, is in Europe anymore, but you have different uh, regulation. Likewise, France, uh, Germany, Netherlands, other countries we'd like to look at as well in, uh, in Europe, Switzerland as well. far the most advanced country in terms of how to operate uh, a token management. So hopefully uh, crowds will have uh, an entity in Switzerland to issue the tokens. And as mentioned, yeah, Singapore, Australia, maybe the, the Middle East. The US is a very tough market at the moment in regards of tokens. So even though we are an American company, we do not, we do not see, we want to be there. But we will have to be careful and very careful about not upsetting the SEC. You've probably seen many, many of the companies, uh, the DeFi companies being sued at the moment by the SEC. So that's something we do not want to do. Um, but but if, yeah. I, if I might sure. add something here, of course, the tokens is a Dutch initiative and we primarily focus on Dutch market in, in the beginning. But there's no such thing as regulation that it can be passported to other EU countries or other countries as well. So, but we have to start somewhere, and then it's it's fairly logic in the, in the design that we look at something that we can give back to the community. As Two Tokens is a community initiative, and and so the templates of how to get licensing or for exemptions uh, should be able to be used by others as well. Okay, uh, one other question, and then we're going to go back to the, the presentation. Uh, and a question from Victor. Victor, yeah. thank you very much. And I'm still awaiting your email. Um, <laughs> this use case sounds like centrifuge.io. Is it a similar approach or not? Um, and if not, so, uh, very, thank you very much, Victor, for it's, an, it's a very good question. Um, yeah, centrifuge um, has a model. Uh, like this one, uh, there are different different um, differences between uh, what we're trying to do and centrifuge. Uh, just to name few, they they operate in uh, in a liquidity pool model using a special vehicle. So they I, I don't know I don't know at what at which, at which extent they are regulated, but they have to be you know they have to be regulated. On um, the other thing is they use only die. Uh, and you have to be paid in DAI. I'll show our model later, but it means that uh, in Europe, you will have to transform your, your DAI, which is USD pegged with, uh, with euros. Um, and also they have different assets. Um, it's not only invoices. They have uh, mortgage, for example, as well. They have illiquid, illiquid assets on, on their platform. And lastly, um, as far as I understand, it's more closed loop environment. So what they have is, um, if you take the, all the stakeholders in the environment, the buyer, seller, investors, they're all into the uh, centrifuge environments. Um, so which creates um, a very secure environment, but not necessarily open to uh, all players. But I, I might be wrong on that one, but you, you're absolutely right. There are, are players, including us, trying to move to the blockchain. 
because we believe we can create efficiency. And going going back to to the the, the, the token that um, that we're working on with the use case, um, there there is a specific choice to make this a utility token, right? Yes, yes. Um, we're still working on the on the um, on the tokenomics on, on that one, but we we can see a utility token in the future that could have several purposes, uh, including uh, rewards including uh, uh, vote rights. So if you really believe in all decentralization, uh, you can let the community to vote on different aspects. And also one of the ideas is to potentially um, use that as collateral for, uh, for, the, play the, for the players. When you, when you sell your invoice, if you stake, so staking is you lock some of the utility tokens um, uh, um, you get you, you use that as a collateral, and you get better um, better rewards. So that's some of the ideas we we have at the moment for utility token on the on the ecosystem. Let's talk about the design. So, so how is the the, the design um, uh, set up? Uh, how how do you want to to build the invoice markets? Uh, yeah. So yeah, unfortunately, yeah, it was a, it was a build-up slide, but uh, I'll try to navigate through that. So, so basically, if you take the left-hand side, um, you have the sellers and buyers. They they operate in the in the real world. Um, the seller then have the invoice and upload that into a distributor. In this case, uh, likely to be crowds uh, on that one. The distributor does all the checks. Um, um, Credit, you know, credit ratings, um, all the risk associated with the seller, the buyer, the invoice itself. Then we will, what we say, mint the invoice onto the chain, meaning that we have a non-fungible token. So each invoices are unique on the chain um, and they all have what we call a smart contract. And the smart contracts is basically the definition of um, the, the whole in, invoice factoring rules or uh, um, um, contracts you have in, in the real world, but on the code, meaning that the, the NFT will, will behave, will live its life um, without having a central um, entity like crowds to manage it. All the informations are not stored in chains. So that's, I think, the limitation and, and also something we, we have limit, you have actually a lot of discussion is um, for those playing on Ethereum, you know that it's very expensive at the moment. It's not really, um, from, a, from an economical perspective, it's not really there yet. You pay high gas fees. So uh, we don't want to load a lot of information onto this non-fungible token. So we will store that onto a, an IPFS um, network. But what would happen then is the token is then on a marketplace here to be sold to investors. On the other hand, you have investors and the investor comes and connect their wallet to the cross platform with the stable coin. Um, that's, I think, the, the trick here uh, as it's on the wallet of the founder and on the on the chain, we, uh, the entity, whether it's two tokens or cross, we actually don't touch the money. Um, and, and that makes us out of scope for uh, any banking regulation here. 
what would happen is, uh, so that's the onboarding process. And obviously we need to KYC, KYB everybody, because I think one of the weakness we find in some DeFi platform at the moment is um, you may have some, some players trying to, uh, uh, to launder some of their money onto the platform. We do not want this to, to happen. Um, but everybody is, is, um, is KYC, KYB. What happened next is also we create what we call a smart contract that acts as a bot for the founders based on the investor profile. So we will ask them, you know, what type of invoice you want to invest in, you know, what type of industry, what risk you're ready to take, do you want to insure them? And this will make the, the selection of NFTs that the, this investor could would like to invest in and basically made the suggestion and then the founder can actually pay for the invoice. In the ideal world, everything remains on chain. So they will pay with stable coin. And the, once the stable coin hits the seller's wallet, then there is a transfer of the NFT to the funder. Um, so the ownership of the invoice goes directly to the funder. But we believe that not all the sellers are ready to accept stable coins at the moment or any crypto. So um, I'll now touch a little bit on this one. Um, um, we, we might want, want, yeah, we want, want, want to change the stable coin, which is probably, you know, at the moment we're going to use the ABN AMRO stable coins in the future, probably a, a US, US pegged uh, stable coin. And we do what we do off ramp, which means that we change the stable coin into a fiat currency to be settled onto the uh, seller bank account. And when it comes to, uh, to repayments, uh, the same process, uh, it's exactly the same process, but, but in reverse. And the uh, at, at repayments, the uh, the NFT goes back to to the seller. So that's the process, a high level process, basically on on the model. So so what is the the, the value case uh, in in this regards? Um, so the value case are are, are several fold. Um, um, well, we believe. Well, first of all, uh, all the data are immutable. Um, we, yeah, once it's on chain, you, you cannot change it. We believe that we can create efficiency. So in, in the blockchain world, code is low. So basically, we would have to define a very clear contract. But once they are defined, you don't have, uh, I would say, gray, gray area anymore. We believe that we can accelerate, we can streamline all the, uh, all the aspects of the, of the operations. Because everything that is manual, hopefully, will become automated here. So that's also what we would like to achieve with the pilot is to make sure that we measure the efficiency created of having everything on, on chain, if that makes sense. Questions? So let me address them. Um, uh, first of all, it, 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 um, the, the viewers noticed that we have a little Ethereum logo um, in, in, in the wallets there. And one of the questions is, and it's a very practical one, what's your opinion about uh, on the current transaction fees on Ethereum? Wouldn't that pose a problem in the, in, in, in the future for any business yeah. case in this regard? So, so for those who actually uh, um, yeah, trading on, on Aave, on Compound, knows that it's absolutely horrific. Um, and my opinion is horrific. Um, but that's why, so the two approaches, uh, in the short term, we're going to use a we want to use Polygon, uh, where the transaction, the transaction throughput is much higher, as well as the, uh, the fees are, are, are far lower. 
but uh, once Ethereum 2.0 comes, uh, and just also to let you know, a Polygon is compatible with Ethereum, making things easier in, in terms of uh, compatibility. But in the future, once Ethereum 2.0 comes, uh, we will migrate onto Ethereum 2.0. The difference between Ethereum 1.0 and 2.0 is at the moment, Ethereum works on what we call proof of work, which means that all computers in the world uh, are making uh, calculations and only one wins. So it's very, um, talking about uh, net zero at the moment is not really energy efficient, whereas uh, and it's very expensive. Um, proof of stake is different. Only one computer makes the computation and, and it's quicker and, and cheaper. That's, that's the strategy. Are you able uh, to get the buyer to confirm the invoice? Otherwise, what is to stop the seller presenting a fresh air invoice uh, to you to mint into an NFT? Yeah, um, it's, it's a good point. Uh, so one of the ideas we have is um, that it's, it, yeah, it requires more work. How do we incentivize the buyer to become what we call an oracle? Meaning that uh, saying yes, indeed, this is a, this is an invoice uh, for me, but even more than that, so like proof of delivery, uh, proof that the, the the goods are in, in good quality, and so on and so forth. Um, that's that's a whole trick. Is how do we incentivize um, the buyers to do that? Um, I think in the traditional factoring world, um, people pick up the phone to do this this kind of this kind of stuff. But um, how do we do it that in the digital world? And that's where the utility token could have some value. If we believe that we can reward a buyer to say, yeah, just tell us if it's true or not. And we reward the buyer uh, by providing some utility token. We believe we can, we can get this, this information. To, to your point, yeah, it's, it's, it's a risk at the moment. It's a risk that um, a seller can... Um, can uh, um, Mint like a fresh, yeah, a, a, a fake invoice. But what we do at the moment in crowds is we do several checks um, um, on on the invoice to make sure that the, the, the invoice is legit, basically. We we talked about the 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 the, the, the reason for building the invoice market on a DLT. We talked about the business functionality and the value case in the, in the case of the happy flow. Um, where there's a happy flow, there's always an unhappy flow. There's always and, an unhappy flow. Yes. Eric, can I address that to you in this yes, regard? Yes. So, so, so what is the, the, the business functionality and the value case in the unhappy path? Well, um, if, you, if you look at the invoices, and, and we talked a lot about invoices already and what the invoice is and how the, how the flow, flow works, there's always these cases that the goods are not delivered, that, that the services are not up to standard, uh, um, that there is a partial payment, uh, things that are... I say outside the scope for us at this very moment, uh, but it's things that we need to address in the future. So this is actually the things that we plan ahead on the roadmap for next versions, and we actually leave out of scope for this for, for this very moment. But you can imagine a lot of things that go wrong in delivery of goods and delivery of services, payments, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So um, on, the, on the slide you see here, you, you see a lot of things that happen. People, Invoices that go to collection agencies. Again, if you go to a collection agency, you should have a, a case file. 
not about just with about that invoice, but also what happens in trying to get the invoice paid. Mm -hmm. So th th that's that's also part of the things that we want to create, but will not create in the first version. Okay. Of the things. Hey, so actually, what we're talking about is out of scope. Okay. Okay. Um, clear. Um, uh, and at the heart of it all, uh, there is this 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 function in token. Right. So, so let, let's talk about the token in itself then. So, so can, can you elaborate more on that? Like you already stated, uh, the token and a non-fungible token is a unique, unique thing that represents that invoice. And we store that and we, we use we, 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 that, That's the part of the, what we sell, actually. And, and the um, invoice itself is stored on IPFS, okay. again, together with all the documents that create the case file for the future. Because the token in itself is just a string of numbers and right. letters. Right, and it represents the invoice, and there, there's, of course, the creditor, the the, 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 the debtor ID, the invoice date, and, and, and some extra information there. We, we try to make it as minimal as possible yep. so that we don't have a heavy token, which is uh, heavy in, in cost when we transfer it. Yep. Um, that, that's quite important. But the other thing is everything that happens in the life cycle of the invoice cannot be added to the token anymore. So mm -hmm. you have to store that in a different way. And in these smart contracts relate to all that information together mm -hmm. with that NFT. Uh, th there might be a few uh, viewers who don't know what IPFS is. Okay. Uh, maybe that's good to explain as well. It is a, store, a place <laughs> where you can store documents because yes. a blockchain in itself is not really fit for the purpose for storing documents, no. but IPFS is. And you can see the audit trail of what happened to this right. document, right. right? Status changes, everything that can yeah. be can be stored there as well. So I, it stands for Interplanetary File System. It's a very pretentious name for yeah, yeah, for they, they a, have a just, <laughs> for a storage system, and uh, it's uh, it's uh, very interesting that you there you can do it. It's a decentralized way of storage of storing doc documents and information. Okay. And you specifically uh, pick this because then, uh, like I said, you have the audit trail on the right. document in itself. So you, if someone wants to change something to the document, you, you will see it immediately. And it's, thus, you can say, or maybe I'm, I'm too, too short-sighted in this one, and you can say then the NFT in itself is worthless because something underneath changed, or no, at least no, you no, have no, an it's, audit it's trail not, there. It's not, it's not that the NFT then is worthless. No, yeah. the, NF, the, the NFT is just representing that invoice, the MST is owned by somebody, mm -hmm. and only if the final process, so the, the life cycle of the invoice is completed, the NFT will be burned. Okay, very good. All right, so so what is the business case then, uh, in, in, in this case? So, so how can we make money with this? <laughs> well, the, at least make it, make it sustainable. Well, the middleman in, in all I would say all business cases that are now we, we talk about in tokenization is is costing a lot of money, mm -hmm. uh, costing a lot of time. So by creating the tokenization models, um, we we can be more efficient. So if we look at the average cost of a of an invoice of hundred thousand euros, to factor that, it will be five point six percent in interest. If you go to the lower amounts, then it's even more. So it's very good if we can create a more efficient system so that people can benefit. And then the NFE, or actually the, the, the financing will be a source of working capital because the costs are lower. Additionally, we can create a lot of other information about what's happening in the flow. So we can, pay, we can create delivery reputations, payment reputations, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of things that we can do. 
mm -hmm. and uh, we can use to get these costs even lower. Okay, so so by gaining efficiency by using an NFT, you will um, the expectation at least is that we can lower this percentage uh, based on these. Ab systems. Absolutely, absolutely, okay. I'm, I'm convinced. Okay, very good. Um, and maybe I'm too early, but do we already have some some numbers here, or is this something that we have to build up <laughs> during the? Is it too? Okay, for, volume is always important. Mm -hmm. To uh, so in, in the beginning it costs money. I'm, I'm I'm sure if you create a system, what's whatever system you create, it will cost money. But in the end, if you if you create a volume on on the system, then the rates go down. Okay, clearly. So 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 it's 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 important to see where where we're heading at at the moment. And in the meanwhile, I do want to remind you, it is a live webinar. You are very interactive already, but I do urge you to. Uh, send in any questions if you have them, because now you have the opportunity to either post them here in the studio or to the people who are joining here online. So if you have any more questions, please let us know. So let's let's take a brief uh, look at the way forward. Where are we heading? And uh, Arnold, can I come back to you? Can you tell a little bit more about the team? Because this is a multidisciplinary approach that you need to build up here. It's not only a technical thing, a, a financial thing, or a legal thing. You really have to combine powers in order to to get this going right yeah you know that that is actually how we started it off you know as, as i said at the beginning um the legal framework and, and getting regulatory approvals was, was a really big thing um also becoming some sort of a registered token is big so that's why we aligned to itsa uh, cms um, also very tightly connected uh, in the person of claire to uh, to two tokens is helping us setting up the legal framework of the token together with the crowds lawyers that are working from uh, from Switzerland, um, and then um, and what we found is that that this is not so much a technology thing. Um, we started off with with a lot of tech parties uh, finding out what the right structure would be on on, on blockchain to to do this, uh, but technology facilitates what we want to do in any way. Uh, the business part and the, and the legal part are the heavy lifting. So um, we uh, we are really happy that Crowds wants to uh, wanted to join uh, our uh, our effort, uh, and uh, uh, Eric also joining us uh, since the last uh, since the last webinar we gave with uh, his consulting firm Three Things. So we um, we are actually becoming quite a substantial group. Uh, uh, Sorry to know that uh, that Dion is not with us today from the uh, Erasmus University in Rotterdam, um, and um, and it's also how we are able to follow the market as well as we can and 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 make choices we can, because we are diverse and we're looking actually quite far across the globe, even though we are in the Netherlands right now. Working together and trying to create the best of both worlds. Um, working hard towards this use case. And you, at the beginning of this presentation, we showed the, the, the initial steps or roadmap that we had in mind. So what are the next steps on the horizon here? Well, you know, um, since we, we are actually moving forward quite well in the in the last months, uh, uh, since we, we moved into a better COVID space, it was also work together uh, we aim to complete the value case and the legal um, uh, framework and the uh, the demo of the token um, uh, uh, next month and that also will be included in the white paper so yeah um, 
and then yeah next year when we can actually showcase what we have done uh, we want to deliver that uh, that case to uh, to multiple stakeholders so um, you can expect more presentations uh, probably we will visit some events uh, give demos to um, to parties where we can and uh, we hope to get the the pilot business uh, from crowds live at uh, at the same time uh, however, of course, uh, that is not only dependent on what we do in the use case, so I cannot promise anything there, but I guess Mark is nodding still, so we should be good. Very good, very good. Good to hear. Thank you very much for that one. And then um, we are already coming up towards the final slide, so if you have any questions, please let me know. But uh, back to you, Eric. Um, a vision for a world with tokenized invoices. Just, just where are we going? Where are we heading? Besides just the roadmap following... Uh, that we are following with the use case at the moment. So, so I, I already told you a bit about payment reputations, things that, that might be a, um, a a result of what we what we are what we are uh, building. But uh, you also can look at the secondary market for for invoice trading. Um, you, you, you can look at um, oracles that provide risk scores. Uh, um, the Interest paid by by is, is always based on the risk score, and now these risk scores are well, it's quite shady how they are uh, uh, being created. Uh, actually, uh, based on historical information, usually, and now we can almost do it real time. Again, if you if you have enough vo volume there, mm -hmm. uh, you can take it into De DeFi systems, decentralized finance systems, decentralized uh, uh, um, insurance systems. I think if we make it simple, we make it transparent and we make it trustworthy then there's lots uh, i won't read all these uh, post-its on the, on the uh, slide I will. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, th then we can uh, create a lot of um, a, a better world for entrepreneurs to get access to finance all right so so uh, you do envision uh, a, a multiple uh, amounts of uses that we can use this, this, right. this tokenized invoicing system for and and i, I again again it, it hasn't uh, it hasn't been said. I think we we're trying to create a token standard for mm -hmm. that, and on top of that, and uh, Crouchy is doing that. On top of that, services will be created, yep. and the same is for that legal framework. We try to create templates for others to use to create business on yep. the tokens and and the framework. And so this is a standard that we want to create, yep. and I think uh, we are leading in in that respect uh, here. Very good. All right. Um, in the meanwhile, uh, like I told you, um, uh, there are no more slides from our sites, meaning that we are at the end of the presentation at the moment. Um, and I don't have any questions from the audience uh, anymore, but I do want to thank you for um, your, your uh, high participation and uh, the good questions that we had that always makes a webinar much more lively. And I do want to um, thank the um, guests uh, at the table and back home being Eric, Arnold, and Mark. So thank you very much for joining us during this, this session. And um, I do want to point out that, first of all, a recording will be uh, shared, um, I think, on the Two Tokens website. So go to twotokens.org to find more information. Uh, maybe you can look back at the webinar or uh, have a more 
in-depth look at the various use cases and the other uh, elements that we are working on from the two tokens foundations. And I do want to emphasize um, the next webinar that is coming up in two weeks time being on the use case that we do with regards to a energy token. And uh, as it is in two weeks, that is the 25th of November. So for now, I do want to thank you very much for participating in this webinar. And again, thanks to um, all the speakers at the table and back home. So thank you very much for that. And I will, um, uh, and I hope to see you all in two weeks time. And for now, have a good afternoon and a good Sint Maarten for the people who are here in the Netherlands. Thank you very much.